0: Got your happy price! Priceline!
2: Ah, there you are, traveler. Come inside, hang up your coat, put your feet by the fire, and I shall bring you what you so desperately seek: rude tales of magic.
3: Welcome back to Rude Tales of Magic. Don't like it? Keep listening. I'm reloading. Our heroes, Bellows' family, and Andrea the Brain Nomenclature have done the impossible. They've almost escaped from Brian Doyle Falls's twisted, subtropical, Jungian shadow, Danny time share working title. But... Mere feet away from the sepia door, which leads to freedom. They've been stopped in their tracks by a massive dragon, which has taken the form of a living illustration of a flamingo. Its neck stretches out of a... Boiling pool 30 feet into the night sky, and it moves jaggedly like it's animated on the fours. Oh, has Root Tales <laughs> finally hit its budgetary ceiling? We'll see because the Root Pool area is surrounded by tiki torches that stink the high heaven of Citronella. An unused karaoke machine sits alone in a corner under a palm tree, like Andrea the Brain nomenclature at her and Fellow's prom. She kept looking at him, but. Ah, He was busy. An empty lifeguard chair overlooks the boiling pool, mocking the entire roof with impossible promises of safety. FIVE! The edges of the night sky are slowly but steadily being eaten up by a bright blue-green gelatinous cube slime in a meteorological Holstein-like pattern that pulsates and grows steadily cutting through the darkness of the night sky and casting the entire town in cosmic bowling lighting with every passing minute it becomes brighter the flamingo dragon rears its massive beak up into the air belching tiki torch flame into the night sky singeing the chin of the smiling crescent moon whose expression goes from good cool to bad cool roll for initiative
1: Albie's going to look at the flamingo, take a breath in, exhale, and she's in a rage. She reaches for her butcher's sword and starts to attack, swinging for his neck.
3: All right, fantastic. Make an attack roll.
1: It's a 16 to hit. That does hit. Albie's going to run towards the flamingo, and she's going to swing her butcher's sword in a great arc
3: towards its neck, causing
1: 8 damage.
3: All right, uh, eight damage. This is insane, Albie. What happens here, you slice cleanly through the neck. There is just a, a single white line. The neck you find extremely easy to cut through. It is not at all difficult to cut through this neck. You cut through it and the entire flamingo's head begins to crumple and wrinkle, like it is a page from a book that is just being crumpled up by a child and then thrown over its shoulder. It flies off into the night sky and it disappears in the night sky. But then, like a scroll being unfurled, Two necks grow from the stump, and two flamingo heads belch out Tiki Torch into the night sky. One of them, you have triggered an opportunity attack. One of them swings down and uh, hits you with the broad side of its beak, Albie, knocking you backwards 20 feet, and you crash into the wall, the guardrail to keep you from falling down 40 feet uh, down onto the sands below. Two Tiki Torches wobble on either side of you.
2: <coughs> Albie...
3: So now two flamingo heads are, are coming out of the stump of the uh, of the original single flamingo neck. There are two flamingo heads. They look and they, they chirp and they shriek at each other. And uh, the one on the left is going to uh, locate some sort of memory that stems from the base of its neck. Going to remember that Bello is the one uh, that had uh, created this bridge, uh, this sort of these this, uh, these grasping vines that reached up to the door, and it is going to uh, lunge at Bello. Bello, what's your AC? Thirteen. It's going to miss you, Bello, and instead it is going to, uh, it's aiming for Bello, Bello's upper body, which we remember, Bello's upper body is connected to a horrible, uh, tall uh, lower body, which is uh, uh, the broken pieces and bones of stir fry and the bones being mixed together. Uh, It misses you, Bello, but it does hit right in the the crotch of this horrible uh, biological machine that your upper body is perched upon. It's gonna hit that crotch for, Six damage.
4: Oh! No! Oh! Oh! Oh, oh boy! Oh, sorry. Branson. Yeah? So that head has, like, come down and attacked us mm-hmm. and, and hit us in the crotch, right? Yes, it has. So all three of us take the hit, and now Stir is going to attack. So... After Bello and his two awesome legs get hit by this attack, Bello looks down at his legs and says, "Hey, let's jump on that beak. You're the top. Tell me what to do." Sturf? you
5: don't have to ask me twice to hop. I love that shit. Sturff's leg uh, bends down and then leaps in the air to land atop of the head, and
3: the other leg does what it's supposed to.
5: The, these two legs, uh, they crouch down and you hop
3: up into the air and you land on top of the beak of this, uh, of, of one of these, the two flamingo heads, the left one that just attacked this fellow, uh, this the Bones Bee stir fry uh, creature, fellow's upper body. You are on top of its beak now and you're going to trigger your own opportunity attack. So you just jumped onto uh, this monster and it is going to flick its head skyward and. To Bonesby and stir fry. I need you both to make strength saving throws, and if either of you fail it, this is not gonna work. Ooh. Ooh I it in advance. 12.
6: Nine.
3: Doesn't work. Unfortunately, it flicks you up into the air, and you guys are sent sailing up into the sky further and further and further, and as you go up into the sky, you can see all around you as the sky is being eaten up quicker and quicker by this gelatinous cube ooze. It's just eating up the night sky. I will say the lighting is very festive, very fun, but you can tell that the the clock is ticking and the moon is actually getting uh, closer and closer to the midnight position in the night sky, which any idiot knows where the moon goes at midnight, and you can see it's getting closer and closer and closer to that as the sky gets brighter and brighter and brighter. You begin to fall back down, down towards the pool, and as you look down, you see that this flamingo has its mouth completely open It is waiting to
5: swallow you whole. As we start following back down, Stir Fry moves his leg towards the bonesby, and then he starts uh, reaching some of his own broken limbs out to start connecting the two legs together. He grabs one bone, pulls it in, grabs another, pulls it closer. He starts narrowing and narrowing those legs until it is no longer two legs, but in fact, one spike with the very beak at the very bottom of it. He aims straight down into the mouth of the flamingo. Okay, great. I'm going to need
3: you both to make an intelligence roll on this to see if you're able to figure out what to do without the aid of your eyesight. This is a very tricky thing that you're doing. Sixteen. Fuck. Six. Six. So, the 16, uh, DeBonesby is trying to help, and the bones are really helping, but that beak, it just goes at the wrong direction, and rather than just being a completely sharp spike that is just going to go down through, you're at a, a strange angle, and you catch yourself on the side of the mouth of this Flamingo. The beak is completely open, and you tear it oh, you give it just that horrible uh, Joker smile, as you just tear down the side of its mouth, it's just ripping apart its entire mouth. This thing does not have great defense, and you rip through it easily. It is just like paper. And you rip down to the bottom of the neck. And when you get to the bottom of the neck, you see that both parts of it are pulled apart in either direction. And each side of its neck begins to re-knit itself together. It's almost as if it's being uh, painted in front of you right as you see it. And now this flamingo has three heads, all interweaving and snaking around in the night sky. All of the, It gets hotter and hotter as all of them breathe in this tiki torch flame. It is Cordelia's turn.
6: Amelia sees all three heads, she reaches inside herself, rips a piece of fabric into three and throws the fabric spell towards their eyes, blinding them. the flamingo dragon.
3: All six of the eyes are uh, rendered uh, completely useless as the, this creature is blinded, and it shrieks, and it begins to panic and wave its heads, all three of its heads around, uh, just spinning them around almost like the blades of a helicopter. It is still, it's more serpentine, it's movement than that, it, but it is, it, it's is—it's beginning to, it almost, it starts to create a whirlpool in the pool itself, this sort of these jacuzzi bubbles that are coming upwards of boiling water. Uh, it, it begins to create a whirlpool as all three of the heads just sh- freak out into the night sky, and they are moving. They erratically, chaotically, they don't know what they're doing or where they're going. One of them hits, Mel, knocking Mel over, um, and it's gonna hit him hard, and it's going to do 14 damage to Mel. Mel is knocked over hard, and he hits his head on uh, the side of the karaoke machine, uh, and he's out. He is out cold, and you hear Mona shout, Mel! Mel, no!
2: Dad. Oh, God. Oh, I'm
3: sorry. As you said, as you apologize, the heads are still swinging around and they're shrieking and they're shooting tiki torch wherever they can. And a blast of tiki torch fire, the citronella fire that's there to, to repel mosquitoes and large insects of the night, it hits uh, Albie. Oh, no. For four damage. <coughs>
6: Albie, no! Uh, Cordelia runs to Albie and sort of shields her.
3: Uh, great, and as you do that, Cordelia, you're going to take part of the the blow of the fire, and the two uh, hit points of damage that Albie didn't take because she was enraged, they go to you, and they begin. Uh, they just they burn up and down uh, uh, your your upper chest, like your shoulder area is all it's just burnt with the. And you Ugh. both stink of citronella now. Bellow, you and uh, De Bonesby and Stir Fry all together uh, in this. this large chicken-like creature that you've become. Uh, You slid down to the very bottom, the base of these necks, and when they split into two, you were thrown to the side of the pool. You each took one point of damage from that. It is your turn. So we're on the side of the pool. Yes, you are on the side of the pool.
4: You're in the no running zone. Great. (laughs) Bellow is watching these heads multiply and he's feeling overwhelmed by uh, the threat that's before them. And he's looking down at the pool and thinking about uh, all the warnings about the water and how all the water in Brian Doyle Falls has been really fucked up. So he's going to look at the pool and he's going to cast Purify Food and Drink on the pool water. Oh, exciting. Nice. Yeah, so Bello is going to reach out his hands, and with his druidic powers, he's going to create a sphere of purifying energy within the pool, purifying within that five-foot sphere all of the water inside of it.
3: Fantastic, you send the spear at the pool, and uh, it it, it moves forward, not quite as quickly as you would like. It's it's almost like you've you've fired a bubble at the pool of of, uh, pure energy. It hits the water, and as soon as it does, the water begins to, uh, it it was boiling, and it calms the water, and it sort of moves through the water, and you can tell just to look at it that this this horrible, boiling, awful water that you're seeing, uh, everything inside of the pool, uh, it changes into pleasant jacuzzi bubbling. Someone's just turned the bubbles on in a in a jacuzzi, and uh, it, it, it looks nice. And that little bit of, of water, it just hits the edge of the uh, one of the flamingo's necks as they swirl around, and just a little bit of that water splashes onto it, and it burns. It burns the neck in a way that the neck does not heal from.
4: <laughs> the bone beat, it's your turn, Bello sir, but I Aim your butt at the water. What? It's my face. I need you to cast. Oh, okay. Bello whips around. Thanks, sweetie pie. And Frederick, like a flurry of of
3: vowels come out of his mouth, summoning a ring of blades at this point of the purified water, whipping it into a little splashy whirlpool, sending more and more of the uh, purified water out into the air. It's a beautiful idea, and it works wonderfully. And the water, it's the clean water, the, the, the calm bubble, cozy water, which is different than the boiling water. It looks different. You can tell there's a difference in the bubbles. Those bubbles, uh, they fly up, and they start hitting the neck of the, the leftmost uh, flamingo neck. And that one, it begins to just to eat into that neck like a... a Skin, like a skin, a parasitic skin disease that just eats at the base of its neck and the uh, the neck begins to wobble. You can actually see inside of the flamingo's neck just a little bit as a little bit of the the excess of, of skin and flesh are sort of ripped away in a way that you might recognize the bones be uh, as its flesh and its fats on its neck uh, and you can see what's inside of its neck and it also looks like a drawing in there. It looks like an uh, early like an- anatomy textbook, you know like an old like Grey's Anatomy of like a drawing of the inside of a flamingo's neck. Excellent. At this point now, Mona and Val and Mandy, um, they are all heading in different directions. Mona is just sort of hobbling over uh, with a little plastic and metal hobble. Uh, There's nobody to carry her, and so she's got the flamingo speed, which is extremely low, uh, and she's just sort of hobbling over to the other side of the pool going, Mel! 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 Wake up! Wake up! Oh, Mel! Come on! And, um... Mandy, meanwhile, is, uh, she's looking around, and, uh, she's picked up a pool chair, and she is just running at the pool at full speed, uh, screaming, going, Ah! ah! FUCK YOU! And she's going to dive forward over the pool, over the water. She's gonna make an attack roll on the flamingo a six she completely whips and misses it because the uh the flamingo is moving so erratically and so strangely because remember it is blinded it doesn't know where any of you are or what's going on and one-third of its neck is beginning to hurt with this horrible like acidic it's acting like acid on its neck uh it's in a lot of pain right now it screams out and it moves its neck at the last second and mandy flies forward into the boiling water she lands in the boiling water (laughs) Oh God. Oh God. Mandy at that uh uh Val shrieks, she goes, no, 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 no! no! And she bellow. She has your lower body still wrapped in your flaming your plastic flamingo lower body still wrapped in her sharpened her long sharpened prehensile tail. Yeah. And she drops it. She's she's lost her her concentration on it and she drops it and it uh it lands and one of the metal poles just sticks into the top of the karaoke machine that she was nearby, because she, she had already run over it to see Mel to see your dad uh, and she's taking in all of this and she's going to jump now at the neck of the flamingo where uh, the one that's closest to you because that's where she is oriented in the space and she is going to jump at the neck make an attack roll on it She does hit, and she lands on the neck, and she's just tearing at it. Remember, she has these sharpened, like, long, like, claw-like fingers, and she's just tearing at the neck. But the problem is, every time she tears at the neck, that neck begins to heal. And a very small, she hasn't completely cut the head, uh, she hasn't cut the neck off, and she hasn't cut the neck in half. And so a very small, normal flamingo-sized head forms on, just like an outgrowth on the neck that she's, Claiming to, it's going to shriek and it's going to blast her with torch fire, knocking her back for nine damage. She's knocked back and she hits uh, the the back gate that keeps you from falling down into the sand below. Uh, it's the same back gate that uh, one of you hit earlier. Uh, she hits that too, uh, and she takes a lot. She takes nine damage for that. Albie, it's your turn.
6: Okay, um, Albie's gonna turn to Cordelia and say, "Throw me at it." Cordelia lights up. She loves it. She grabs Albie without even second guessing and tosses her at the one of the flamingo dragon heads.
3: Make a strength roll with advantage. You did this at a sorority party one time.
6: There you
3: go. That's a 20! Now you put that excitement into saying what you got so the listeners will hear it.
6: I got a 20. Oh,
3: come on.
6: <laughs> I got a 20. A natural 20.
3: All right, it worked perfectly. You you didn't have a plan, and so you just throw her up into the air, and it's like muscle memory. You have done this before. You've yeah. thrown Albie up into the air before, and she just she tumbles, and she turns into a, a little cannonball, but she's also got a butcher sword on her, and you throw her directly at the skull of the center uh, flamingo. And Albie, hit that skull uh, with the sword extended, and you are going to just, like, scoop out one of its eyes. Yeah! There she is! <laughs> uh, Cordelia. like, whoops! You scoop its eye out and with a bunch of gross illustrations of eye goof. Uh, it, it seems to be, uh, it, it, it's, it's like animated. These, these are really, like, these are textbook drawings of ocular nerves and blood and guts that are spraying out of this eye socket. And as they, you, you see them spraying out and then they begin to take form into a smaller flamingo head which grows out of the eye socket. It looks at you and this flamingo can see.
1: No, um... <laughs> Ugh. Do I, does Albie recognize this as a drawing? She can see that this is a drawing?
3: This looks like a drawing on a map. It is a three-dimensional creature, and it looks like it's two-dimensional.
1: Albie licks her hand and rub, tries to rub out the eyes of the new head.
3: Okay, yeah. Oh, fuck it. Wait, hold on. Ah! Uh, that's rocks. <laughs> And it does with every... You're wet. You're soaking wet Hand. What the fuck? You're, what's wrong with your tongue? Your hand is already just soaking like you stuck it in the pole. You move it back and forth and back and forth, and there's a squeegee sound as the eyes blur and blur and blur until they're just a, a, a mess of the... In the the white internal color of the eyes and the black outline of the eyes, and it's just a completely gray smear. You have blinded this flamingo, which shrieks and again shoots out teeth towards fire, but it cannot see you, and it no longer knows exactly where you are. You are singed by the fire for three damage.
1: Albie's gonna shout down below her at her friends. It's a drawing! It's a drawing!
5: It's a drawing? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stir-fry, it's your turn. Okay, great. Um... So, Stir Fry is right now still fused together into this strange part lower body part, part spike still with the bones his ass. Having already fused the two legs together into one spike, Stir Fry is now connected to all of his limbs. They are no longer separated by the two separate legs. With those limbs together, he instinctually attaches himself into that Stir Fry that we know and love and shoots out of this bone-like Monstrosity, and where does he shoot? He shoots towards the towels by the pool. Every pool's got towels by them, just waiting for. Alright,
3: so you make a dexterity uh, roll to see if you can hit those towels. Ah, oh, fuck. Well,
1: <laughs> with your modifier.
3: Nine nine you're gonna miss those towels um you aim yourself at the towels but because you are jumping this is difficult what you were doing you are jumping out of this conglomeration of you and your old master and you're the lower body of this dude that you know you're into you and so it's it's difficult and you're in the middle of combat you were just a spike there's a lot going on so stir fry you do not make this cleanly you jump out at a strange angle uh and you just go flying uh towards the towels but you miss them completely and you uh you hit andrea the brain nomenclature uh not her over.
5: Hey, ow! I was going to the lifeguard chair. I was going to try something. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Andrea, uh, help me grab these towels. If we wipe them up, we can scrub this strong beast into a blank sheet of paper.
3: You are smart. Okay, yeah, let's try this. Uh, and she's, she's with you now heading towards the towels. It is Cordelia's turn.
6: Cordelia's sprinting at the beast. Uh, she also feels the adrenaline of realizing there is a Achilles heel, and she's running. And as she runs towards the creature, she realizes she can get out ahead of herself, and she's not even fast enough. And she pulls out a chilling, ghostly, skeletal hand from her spells, and she spits on it and sends it out in front of herself to start rubbing away the uh, flamingo. And while it rubs away the flamingo, it also does... 2d8 necrotic damage.
3: Oh, badass. Ooh. Okay, great. You send a wet, bony skeleton hand at this uh, flamingo's neck, and it starts rubbing it with its wet palm, doing 2d8 necrotic damage okay. to this, this flamingo neck. You're just smearing the lines, smearing the lines. This is the same neck that had the acid damage done to it, Uh yeah. And it's just shrieking and shrieking as you pet it gently and lovingly. But it hates it.
0: <laughs> Good. Yeah,
6: take that! It's working, Elvie!
3: Yeah! Okay, great. It, uh, yeah, you, you're smearing the neck, and the neck becomes—it's uh, like an impressionist drawing. It goes from this uh, this sort of this you know this early age of exploration, like map drawing of, of the exterior of flamingo's neck, and it becomes this just sort of this like uh, this Van Gogh, this just sort of like impressionist. Uh, it's uh, it's almost like the brush strokes become part of the of the medium. You know, uh, you can just see that as it just it becomes more of a suggestion of the base of a uh, flamingo's neck the head begins to sway and to falter. And now you hear a horrible shrieking coming up through every new popping, boiling bubble in the pool as you hear Mandy's voice uh, uh, just a thousand times with each bubble pop, just screaming, No! My God! It's boiling!
2: Uh, and her, uh, she
3: she takes, she takes 14 damage. <gasps> in the pool and she's just stunned by the is a massive amount of pain just hitting her body immediately she's stunned by the boiling water uh, hitting her skin it is now Bellow's turn
4: Bellow's not thinking Bellow's gonna dive in and try and pull Mandy out absolutely Bello, you dive forward and debones me can
3: I make can I get a really quick wisdom saving throw from you nine Nine? Okay, Bello, you just, with all of you, you have incredible core strength, um, and you're not even talking to DeBonesby here. You've got a single, like, skeleton leg. It's longer. It's about the, the size of the bones. DeBonesby. you got a single skeleton leg and a single skull that's like a big belt buckle for you. You're like, you're like a Texas guy. <laughs> but you are not talking to that right now. All you want is Mandy, and so you just, with just incredible core strength, you swan dive off of this diving board of, made of bones. Be.
4: Bello has already jumped, he's midair, but as he is going after his sister, relying only on impulse, he does think back to all of his swimming lessons as a kid and remembers learning the lesson. Don't worry if the water is too hot, because tieflings have resistance to burning damage. Even if the water is boiling hot, he should be okay, right? And you're hit with
3: a wave of, of boiling water. You might have resistance, Bellow, but it doesn't feel good to put your hand in boiling water, much less your entire fucking arm and your elbow and your your shoulder and your head and your eyes. It hurts. It hurts bad, Bellow. And you take three damage, but it does hurt. Uh, and you see in front of you, uh, you see Mandy struggling. The shock of this is uh was a lot for her. But you can see she has the same resistance to, to this burning, to this boiling damage that you do, Bello. She's still surrounded by boiling water. She looks extremely upset, extremely uncomfortable. It's like a, a a horrible sunburn is just like encircling her entire body. Am I able to grab onto her? Yes you are. You are uh you're able to swim forward you don't have the use of your legs so you're not moving quickly. This is extremely difficult terrain for you Bello but you do connect with Mandy, and you feel as she puts an enormous, uh, burning hand around yours, and she she
4: holds your hand. Now that Bello has grabbed onto Mandy, he's going to cast Purify Food and Drink again around them, giving them a moment of relief so they can get out of the water.
3: You, Bello, you put your hands out, and just a, a, a bigger and bigger bubble of calm. Warm water. The last thing you want to do is jump from boiling water to freezing cold water. That's, uh, let me tell you from experience, don't put cold water on a burning person. It makes it a lot worse, and he still has the scar today. So you've actually. What you have done is you've eased your bodies into this, this this cooler water. It is still warm, and it's about jacuzzi temperature. But for a tiefling with resistance, that's nothing. That's not even hot enough. You see Mandy's entire body relax. Uh, she's no longer in agony. This is nothing for her. This is, a, this is a, a day in the park to her. And she just naturally, instinctively, she goes to take a deep breath, bringing a bunch of water up into her nose. And you see in Mandy's eyes, you see panic and terror as she inhales water and directly in front of you. DeBonesby, it's your turn. DeBonesby is a leg right now. He has very little that he can uh, do casting-wise. He's limited to verbal, which gives him an idea. And he bounces, bounces, bounces away from the pool toward the karaoke machine. He's got like a couple fingers sticking out of a kneecap that he uses to turn it on and start punching in numbers to try to pull up something. Okay, great. Yeah, the but you would remember from like uh, uh, stories about birthday parties that you would hear other kids went to as a kid about <laughs> like Kenku who they like would bring out for a party and the Kenku remembered the backing tracks for a bunch of songs and the kids would sing along. This seems to be the same conceit going on here, but as you punch in numbers randomly, uh, the same the, the horrible chaos the energies and magic that animates this entire world also animates this karaoke machine. And you realize quickly uh, that the, the karaoke machine is following your Lead. The karaoke machine will follow you, but you need to sing. I see. And DeBonesby looks up at the wailing, multi-headed creature and starts to sing.
4: Ain't had no use for a one-headed baby. Give me three heads, don't say maybe. I love my three-headed baby. Bird baby, what's that? There's five, seven, eight.
0: Now, hands for me. Oh, multi headed bird baby. Common kids, fade into Bosby.
3: Yeah, make a performance roll with advantage. (laughs) It's (laughs) pulling your lead. Terrible. (laughs) Unreal. No notes. Uh, That's a 15. Even with Freddy's negative three charisma modifier, (laughs) those goblins are helping out.
1: <laughs> Chris Hastings has a plus ten. Oh, that's nice,
3: sweetie. Yeah. You do too.
0: Oh,
3: oh my god. <laughs> that's a 15. At a 15! Two of the heads uh they swirl around and they look directly at you. Um one of them sways like a cobra in a basket. It is just completely enchanted by you. The other is horrified by this uh <laughs> this uh, noise that it's hearing because uh, th- this one is still blinded. I just made the roll and they are still blinded for another term. Uh, the 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 head that has Albie on top of it with another uh, uh, flamingo with the, the crossed out eyes, that one is occupied with Albie and it is not distracted by you, but the other two, uh, you have their attention. Again, one of them seems transfixed and the other seems uh trans- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why I did that.
3: I mean, I love you. The angry one is uh, the the one of them is just swaying, like, mm-hmm. swaying like a cobra. You completely have it. And the other is going to hiss and it is going to lunge forward at you with its beak open. It's going to make an attack roll. Oh, what's your AC? <laughs> uh, Eleven. And is is it lower than twenty five?
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah.
3: It's gonna hit and it is going to do 13 damage. Oh, so this head just comes flying down at you. It hisses and it's going to knock you over. It uh, it knocks the, the karaoke machine over and you see some sparks coming off of the karaoke machine. as
0: It, it
3: just powers down and it's no longer playing along, uh, with you. It seems to have irreparably broken this karaoke machine and it's also knocked you over. It's knocked you over for 13 damage. Oh, yeah, that just ragdolls this bone like thing that is already weak, like across the paint. All right, yeah, it's the. It's all just the, like, you fly past the no-running zone, uh, you fly past the lifeguard chair, um, and uh, you just, you land all over Val, uh, sort of shaking her from her stupor and waking her up. And uh, uh, she looks up and she opens her eyes, and her head is directly below a sign that says, uh, uh, we don't swim in your toilet, don't be in our pool.
2: Frederick, no!
1: Albie <laughs> looks down and sees Bello and Mandy struggling in the water. She's going to backflip off of the flamingo head and let, try to land on the edge of the pool.
3: Fantastic. Now, that is a 30-foot jump from the top of an angry and, and thrashing flamingo head onto uh, concrete, onto cement. And so you're going to make an acrobatics roll with disadvantage. 15. I got a 15. You do a backflip and you uh, you fly through the air and uh, as you backflip and you look around, you can take in the night sky and more and more of it is brighter and bright. It's almost like the dawn is coming. It is getting brighter and brighter and the entire world is becoming more and more unstable. Little bits of the night sky are just falling down over the horizon and landing into the sea with a horrible splash. You can make all of this in Well, you do land correctly, but the shock that it sends you to just be hitting this hard concrete cement that's right out side of the, the edge of the pool it just it sends shock waves up through your legs and you take nine damage
1: jesus albie it's
3: okay albie you take nine blunt force damage right to the the lower body
1: <coughs> she's gonna shake it off and she's gonna pull her bow staff that has been turned into a pool noodle and she's gonna <laughs> throw it out to Bello and manny and say use this
3: Bello, Mandy, uh, you guys are still struggling in the water, and you hear the gentlest sound you've ever heard in your life, a little as a, uh, a pool noodle hits the water above you. And uh, in the distance, you can hear, and through all of, all of the chaos, you can hear Albie calling to you telling me to use this. Can I grab onto it? Absolutely. So you've got, remember, all you've got is your two arms. There's no legs. So you've got to hold onto Mandy, and then you've also got to try to hold on, grab onto the pool noodle.
4: Okay, great. I, can, I got two arms. I still yeah. got two arms, baby, so I'm going to use them both.
3: Okay, great fellow. Um, Mandy is still struggling. She's just taking in a lot. Of, she's coughing. She just coughs. She just gets, she's getting it all out, and there's little bits of uh, of bubbles are moving by. She's getting little little gasps of air, but it's not working, and she's creating more bubbles, and she's thrashing. She's difficult to hold onto, but you do have that full noodle. And you pull her up, but she's struggling and struggling. You pull the pool noodle down. You're able to pull your own head above the water and take a deep breath. <gasps> she is still struggling, and she is still weighing you down. Stir Fry, it's your turn.
5: Stir Fry and Andrew have tied towel after towel together to make a one long, long towel, like you would use to sort of escape from a dorm room or something like that. <laughs> With the super long towel, Stir Fry runs to the water and throws the end in it. He moves it around, trying to get it as wet as possible. He then lifts it up. He starts swinging, 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 swinging until he tries to wrap this now wet long towel around the neck of one of these flamingos. Make an acrobatics roll. Ooh, this is a twenty-eight.
3: Whoa, twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Surfer, you are, I mean, you're doing rope tricks with this thing. You you get it, you have a, a lasso uh, up over your head, and you throw it forward, and it, it slips down. Oh, you throw it, it's so long, you throw it 30 feet into the sky, it slips down around the flamingo neck that Albie just jumped off of, which slides down to the base of its neck, and you've got it. And you pull, and you tighten, and you do have, uh, you do have this flamingo by the neck. Now, it, the water does no damage whatsoever to the flamingo's neck, and you hear Andrea
5: from behind you call spit! Spit! Use your spit! It's it's immune to the pool water! Oh, damn it! You're right, Andrea. He starts spitting. I mean, what can he do? He runs closer and starts spitting around but still trying to sort of pull the neck so maybe he can at least leverage some sort of tension. He pulls, trying to uh, at least manipulate the flamingo's head closer as he spits all around it and spits all around it. Stir fry, you've got this thing by the neck, but
3: it's a lot stronger than you, and it pulled back hard and quickly. And as it does, you are pulled off of your little stir fry feet, and you go flying, still clutching the towel. You go from zero to ninety nine in a hundredth of a second. It's straight—it is snapping you like a whip in the other direction. And because you were hanging on so tight, you are thrown quickly about a hundred feet in the opposite direction, and your entire body was hanging out. In—I mean, this is not even an entire second has passed, and you went from standing on the side of the pool. You are now. Hanging 40 feet above the ground, about 100 feet off of the pool. And I need you to make a strength saving throw to make sure you're not thrown from the entire motel. Fuck. 15. 15, stir fright, you just feel your grasp and you're you're losing it and you're losing it and you're losing it and you snap back and it throws you back towards the pool and you are going to fly forward. You do lose your grip, but you don't lose your grip at that key moment. You are not thrown hundreds of feet in the other direction. You are simply thrown directly back and you knock Andrea the Brain nomenclature over. Come on! I'm sorry. (laughs) My, My bad. It's Cordelia's turn.
6: Cordelia scans the pool and the body members of all of her crew members are down. So she
3: calls Junior. Junior appears in front of you and says, twice in one day, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Cordelia doesn't respond. She just grabs him and
6: throws him up to the top of the flamingo, exactly where stir fry had wrapped the towels that are knotted together around its neck.
3: You hear as Junior call out, I'm always
6: relying on the goggles. Cordelia says, oh no. Grab that towel and get it to the sepia door!
3: Junior nods, understands, grabs the towel and begin in its, uh, his little mouth and begins on all fours scurrying up the neck of this uh, flamingo dragon closest to the door. Now, at this point, the uh, flamingo head that had uh, been hunting De Bonesby and had taken a swipe at him, it's knocked DeBonesby over. And in knocking the karaoke machine over as well, it sees Mel's unconscious body with Mona over it. Uh, Mel, Mel,
0: wake up, wake up, Mel, wake up!
3: and it's going to snatch up Mel uh, in its jaws, and it's going to toss him up uh, directly above, open its gullet, and just sort of swallow him down. And you can see as Mel just sort of moves down through the neck and you can see the shape of him just getting consumed by the straw as he's pulled
4: down into the neck.
3: It is
4: Bellow's turn. Oh, shit. Oh, Bellow's not seeing this happen. Bellow's dealing with what's happening in the pool. He's trying to wrangle the noodle. He's trying to. He's hoping that, that whoever is on the other end of this noodle, uh, he thinks Albie, is going to pull him out, but he doesn't know, and he's trying at the same time to hold on to Mandy and keep her from wriggling out of his control and just, like, drowning there in the pool.
3: Bella, what you're describing is an upper-body aerobic nightmare. I need you to make an athletics throw to see how this goes for you. 15? Nice. Alright, you are able to connect. You uh you put one hand on the pool noodle and you pull down and the other on Mandy uh, and you're able to pull her up and you have connected the two and you um you feel a tension and a strength coming from the other end
5: of the from the pool.
4: Great. Bello is still trying to keep Mandy from panicking. He wants her just to get out of the water, but he knows that without his legs he can't can't use his body in the way he's used to so he is trying to think of an emotion deeper than panic an emotion more primal than panic and he thinks he finally hits on something and he through the water through bubbles pouring out of his mouth he leans close into Mandy's ear and he says I thought you were a better swimmer than me and at that,
3: uh, you see as uh, Mandy's eyes just sort of like go white, like her eyes, her eyeballs just like roll back in her head, and she's just like, uh, like Popeye. She's just like her biceps bulge. Uh, she's gonna grab you by the head, and she's just, she's like acting on instinct here. This is just like the body yeah. working more than the mind here. She's gonna grab you by the head and dunk you under the water, uh, and you hear as like a, a deep voice coming from somewhere deep inside of her says, "Yeah, you thought right." virgin and she's going to uh <laughs> propel herself up over you and she uh she flexes her arms uh and she shows the world how strong she is as she flies up out of the pool like superman and she uh she just she's bended up in the air very quickly and she goes Aah! i am a strong sister before one of the flamingo hits hits her hard knocking her and sending her tumbling off of the edge of the motel. But Bello, you have uh, made it up out of the, you are connected to the pool noodle and Albie is pulling you out. Uh, Mandy, where's Mandy? Are you okay? You still
4: hear her voice saying, strong, Mandy. I still haven't taken an action. So Bello, how far away is Mandy? Uh, Mandy has been thrown off of the edge, which is from you about 15 feet. Can I cast entangle and, and try and catch her? Uh, you can try, yeah he's gonna do it. He, it's all he can think to do, yeah, this isn't like a check or anything, so he's just he just reaches out with that druidic power he's just gonna try and get more vines to shoot out from the roof and catch Mandy so she doesn't fall to the ground,
3: okay, great, um, you send vines uh in that direction but you are your line of sight is obscured so you're just sending vines over the edge and you don't see what happens bellow you just let loose of the, these vines they grow up out of the ground they grow up out of the side of the motel it immediately it looks like this motel has been abandoned for 50 years immediately as all of these vines and grow. It's like a big and, beanstalk yes it's it, it just growing out of the side of it um and you can't see uh but you, you hear nothing you hear no it doesn't you don't hear the sound of mandy hitting the ground you hear nothing it is now Frederick's turn. Frederick watched in horror as the flamingo that went for him swallowed Mel. He swallows and says, it's time once again for Dr. De Bonesby to swear to do harm. And he poofs into a gaseous form and aims right down the, uh, the flamingo's gullet. All of a sudden, uh, you feel a, a crushing pressure on either side of you. And you are you are swallowed into darkness uh, as you are in the esophagus, the extremely long, extended esophagus of this flamingo. And uh, directly below you, covered in mucus and uh, pool water and blood, unfortunately, you can see uh, Mel, his head still unconscious, but he is going... But feet first, he is uh, being pulled down the neck of this, uh, of this flamingo. There's extremely dim light in here, but because the neck had been torn open a little, just a little bit of moonlight and that cosmic bowling light, uh, just a little bit of that pours into the neck. All right, Gaseous Freddy wisps his way down the creature's throat around Mel, getting further, closer to the base of the neck. Once he feels that he is actually further down and Mel is on top of him, the cloud blinks, and just an eruption of bones comes out from every little piece of what was most puffy, billowy, cloud-like structure, and now it's just razors tearing the flamingos' throat apart just under milk. All right, so you are doing internal damage uh, to the, and you are choking uh, this flamingo, and we, uh, so you, inside is extremely intense, and there's bones everywhere, and they're cutting in every which way. Freddy, roll a d10 plus your intelligence modifier. That was a very smart plan. Okay.
2: Oh, sick. <laughs>
3: All right. Uh, Sixteen. Nice. So you do sixteen damage uh, just from these cut up bones. Have you ever had like a, a, if you're eating like fish or chicken and like a little bit of bone in there, it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Uh, and you're just there's blood and there's gore as you're tearing up uh, the inside esophagus, the throat of this thing. Now remember, you were in a drawing of this, thing, and all around you it looks to be uh, like this uh, this early you know anatomy, like the somebody first guy to cut open a flamingo. Like what's going on in there? And they drew it. It's like what that looks like inside of the neck there. And uh, illustrations of blood are just pouring out from every direction and we flash out quickly uh, and we see from the exterior as it's it's muffled fighting in there and that flamingo still blinded uh, it was moving entirely just based on what it it could hear and what it could smell its eyes begin to roll back and it's blinded but its eyes begin to roll back in its head and little X's begin to roll up from the bottom of its eyes as you suffocate this flamingo from the inside Bellow's dad Mel is still in there this flamingo is its panicking, it's choking, it doesn't know what's going on, um, and as a last uh, ditch effort, it is going to smash its head down into the ground, trying to take whatever is in there with it out with it. Um, so you feel a horrible lurching uh, around you as up becomes down and top becomes bottom, uh, and you are thrown, uh, and you, you, you hear a horrible cracking sound as the flamingo does. 26 damage to its own skull. It Whoa. just smashes itself in the head, giving itself something called a matador's concussion. As it's, <laughs> uh, it, it just, it, it, the shockwave, uh, you need to make a dexterity saving throw to just make sure you're not swallowed further. Uh, nine, nine. You begin to disappear down its throat into uh, into this this draw. It looks like somebody just took a pen and, and just like let loose all of the ink and just scribbled, scribbled, scribbled as you're just pulled down into the darkness, uh, into the infinity. But this uh, shockwave did wake up Mel, uh, who. Uh, looks around. He doesn't know what's going on, and uh, his tail he, he stiffens, and he uh, he goes uh, completely stiff. And his tail reaches down, and uh, his tail sort of enters your space. You're st- you're just a mess of bones, uh, but you've got a little tiefling tail sticking straight down at you. Freddy's ribcage cage just closes around it like like a hand. And Mel, not knowing what's going on, he's struggling and struggling. There's holes in the flamingo's neck, and he begins pulling at those. He doesn't know what's happening, and he he goes, "Mona, Mona, kids,
5: hey, what's what's going on with my, what's, not, I can't be in hell this early. I get, what's going on?
3: It is stir fry stir."
5: Strip dusts himself off and rushes up the lifeguard chair, where he was always meant to be. This man protects the people around him. He turns. he uh, he stands on top and screams to everyone. Friends, we know that this saliva will destroy this beast, so we must use our saliva! And you hear Andrea call out to you, they
3: can't, we can't hear you, we can't hear you! Use the whistle, use the
5: whistle! Mr. Fry looks around and grabs the whistle at the chair and blows. As soon as
3: you blow, your voice is amplified many times over. You are now speaking uh, with the inherent respect and dignity that every uh, 15-year-old who ever became a lifeguard immediately deserved and received.
5: (laughs) Friends, we know saliva will destroy this beast, so we must supercharge our saliva by salivating friends. I've cooked each one of your favorite meals before. I call upon you now to recall in your mind those meals I've made which you loved so much. Think as if they're right in front of you right now and let that saliva flow. Cordelia, think of the coffee I made where I added a little bit of vanilla and Kahlua.
6: Coffee with vanilla and Kahlua? Cordelia starts...
5: <laughs> <laughs> Bonesby, remember that stir fry I made for you so so long ago with with fresh pork green peppers and that's right brown rice <laughs> oh that's
3: rice and uh, the mess of bones inside of the monster's neck um, trips out a five foot long goblin green slobbering tongue um, and as it does the bones be it just erases all of the void around you and uh, beneath you the water opens up and you can see into the, the, the boiling bubbling cauldron of that pool down below you
5: Albie, remember that one pan feta pasta where I just put the feta in the middle and the pasta around it and put some and, uh, salt and pepper, of course, but then some tiny tomatoes on top of it?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Those tomatoes. Albie is confused <laughs> but drooling.
0: <laughs> Albie is confused but drooling.
3: Feel free to add There it is in, <laughs> in a nutshell. Perfect
5: character <laughs> description. And Bello, remember when I put orange juice in an ice cube tray, put a little stick in it, and put it in the freezer?
4: Of course, Bello was thinking back to that delicious vachis pizza he had earlier in the day. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs>
4: nodding along to Stir Fry and saying, Yeah, I'm doing it! Popsicles! And stir-fry, it's, it's working. Everybody is salivating.
3: Everybody is drooling. Uh, this was a huge success. But then uh, from behind you, uh, you feel your shoulders. They're grabbed by Val, who has climbed up the back of the lifeguard chair. She grabs you by the shoulder. She wheels you around to face her. And she says, if you want the garamules to drool, you better talk about Vachi's pizza.
5: Stir-fry does the hardest thing he's ever done, recalling a meal he never had. Stir-fry thinks back to the smells he smelt in Bachi's Pizza. He thinks back to the vibe he felt in Vacce's Pizza. He thinks back to the font, because sometimes the font of the pizza place... She is slaps into- you across
3: the face, and she backslaps
5: you across the face again. She says, God damn it, this isn't classical, it's jazz, man, go jazz! All right, all right, all right. Uh, thin crust. Yeah, thin crust, but square. Yeah, square. Cheese first, then the tomato, then another layer of cheese. Then, of course, those little pepperonis that curl up the top containing the oil like they're little bowls of soup.
3: She begins vibrating and shaking and shaking and shaking. And she uh, she lifts her head skyward and it's just a fountain of uh, drool just shoots out of her neck. Uh, you can see uh, DeBones <laughs> be... Deep inside, uh, you you hear uh, as Mel goes, and just a a, a fountain, it shoots him up forward and he is just like shot forward, but you are shot down into the pool, unfortunately, as he is just geysered forward by drool. Uh, Bello, the same thing happens to you is just involuntarily drool just shoots out of your mouth. And, Luckily, you can also see down from the bottom, down from the vines, down from where you had sent those vines out, a distant geyser of uh, sh- drool shoots out from the bottom of the motel as the garamuels uh, and, and, and I am not done! I forgot Mona! <laughs> you thought I forgot Mona, but I didn't. And Mona begins shaking and shaking and shaking and vibrating, and with the horrible plastic churning, her little uh, flamingo mouth that she didn't even know she could open opens, and she, sh- she starts squirting drool at these... Uh, At at these flamingos, like she's like a a fucking super
4: soaker. (laughs) There's one other resident of town that might be familiar with Wachi's Pizza Branson. Yes! And Andrea, she looks around and she goes, Wow, big fuck, she
5: said. (laughs) This wasn't
3: for me. (laughs) Vegan. (laughs) Oh.
6: She goes, Drive on (laughs) the
3: She sort of looks around awkwardly, sheepishly. I was never never a huge pizza. I mean, I like it, but I'm not a huge pizza. I mean, I got a little, it's like, I go, it's my mouth's a little wet. (laughs) Andrea, didn't you love the fresh slice, <gasps> and she, uh, her eyes light up, and the same thing happens. And she just shoots water, and now there are uh, there are six streams of drool just being shot at this uh, this this three necked flamingo. The flamingo tr- screams and cries out as the the flamingo head that had hissed and singled out to Bonesby and Mel that head rides around and struggles and struggles as it its neck begins to swell and it, it begins to the the shape of it begins to change and to shift and becomes more and more and Impressionistic until it becomes soaking wet and it can hold it no longer. And Mel goes shooting out the other end of it, and he's shot directly up into the sky. Uh, Meanwhile, all three of these necks are—they look—they look look now like a child's drawing or like smeared crayons. Uh, It is not where—it's like if you, when there's like condensation on like a a car window when you're a kid and you just sort of like draw, Mm -hmm. and then it's it's just—it's melting. It's melting, melting away as this thing shrieks and shoots. Tiki Torch Fire all out into the night sky. Some of that Tiki Torch Fire is going to hit Stir Fry. Stir Fry, you are a prime target because you are in the lifeguard chair. You are up above the rest of the group, and a huge wave of Tiki Torch Fire hits you doing 21 damage.
0: Oh, shit.
3: It also does 10 damage to Val, who is directly next to you. She's knocked backwards and she she dusts herself off her. Ah! Ow, oh, still hurts! Still does hurt!
0: Start crying! Uh, ah!
3: Ah! ah. ah. Stir! You are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Stir fry, you are still burning. You are on fire. Meanwhile, to Bonesby, you have just been shot backwards by a jet stream of drool, and you have been knocked uh, deeper into the pool, and you hit that boiling water. And you do not have uh, this burning resistance that all of the garamules do, as this boiling water just surrounds you for... This isn't going to be good. Nine damage. Oh, my wow. It's boiling water. All right. To Bonesby, for the first time of this entire campaign, is down to one hit point. No! Bonesby, you are in boiling water. You have one hit point. Time is of the essence. What do you do? How do you do it? Be very specific. Surrounded by boiling water, he can barely move, and instinctually he mouths the words to do a misty step, making a little (laughs) fart in the boiling water, grasping for just the idea of the edge of it the bones be you disappear into misty gaseousness that smells horrible it smells like rotten eggs uh and uh on the outside of the pool you can see as a huge like greenish yellow bubble emerges from the pool it pops and it, you're outside again you can smell it it smells like shit it's a bad like, horrible noxious smell fills the air as the bones be you rematerialize on the very edge of the pool you are right by the little step ladder that goes down pool. Oh, yeah, De uh, Bonesby lies on the edge of the pool. His bones are cracked and are seeping green ooze like blood. Mm.
2: It's Producer Taylor coming at you up uh, advertising style to tell you about our sponsors for this episode. I'm a little rusty. I'm getting back into it, folks. Oh, hey, uh, number one slot this month is... Our old friend, Inked Gaming. Now, you've probably... Unless maybe you're a sociopath and this is the first episode you're listening to, uh, I, I shouldn't judge. You're fine. You're fu- you're fine. Uh, most of you have probably uh, heard the other episodes and you've heard about Inked Gaming before. In fact, uh, we we were all just in Indianapolis for Gen Con, heard of it. And uh, we got to meet people who had heard about Inked Gaming on retails here on the show and then had... The custom gaming gear printed up with Rude Tales art on it, and it was beautiful. I actually saw someone's playmat. I said, that's incredible. It's a beautiful Rude Tales art on it. That's awesome. How'd you get that? And I, folks, can you imagine the surprise and delight when I heard the name Inked Gaming echo back at me down those hallowed Indianapolis halls? But let's just pretend that you have forgotten. Ink Gaming was built by gamers uh, for gamers. They they are a trusted one-stop shop for adventurers who wish to level up, get it? Level up their setups with high quality gear. Why, what kind of gear? gaming gear you ding dong premium dice bags play mats mouse pads and so so much more really check out the inkgaming.com and the, the options are not, limit, not limitless we live in a world with physical laws uh, but it's a lot uh, and it's all customizable. So you, you could go there and upload your stuff and have these beautiful things made. I've had these things in my house. I have touched them. I have felt them. I have smelled them. They are a delight to be in the presence of. Uh, and now I've seen some with root are on it, and I love it. And not only can you get your own stuff printed, your own stuff custom made, but already on the site are tons of things that have already been designed by a vast selection of awesome art from some of the most talented independent artists in the world. Why? Because part of the mission of Ink Gaming is to support the designers in the scene by helping them to gain as much recognition and commissions for their work as possible. That's right. Every Ink Gaming artist receives a commission for sales that feature their designs. Ink Gaming is a tight-knit, small team made up of ded- dedicated individuals who have been doing this for 11 years. And by God, Rue Army going to keep them in business for the next 111. Now... Since they're also our sponsor for this episode You know what's coming You gotta go to Inked Gaming Slash Rude Tales For a 10% discount Add some gear to your cart Use that promo code RUDETALES The promo code is tails Inked Gaming Thank you Not for sponsoring the show But on behalf Of a grateful world Oh okay Alright now we got something different Alright Cue the ominous thunder and uh, uh, music. <clears throat> All legends are born of truths, and just as much lies, these... Are mine. Judge me for what you will, but you will hear my story first. I buried the village of Ampur under a mountain of ice and snow. Then I killed their god. I've stolen old magics and been cursed for it. I started a war with those that walked before mankind and lost the princess I loved and wanted to save. I've called lightning and bound fire. I am legend and I am monster. My name is Ari, and this is the story of how I let loose the first evil. That is a synopsis of The First Binding by R.R. Verdi. The First Binding is a South Asian inspired high fantasy debut reminiscent of The Name of the Wind. This is the first book in a new trilogy, The Tales of Tremaine, and follows the story of Ari, a traveling storyteller who is more, guess here it comes, than he seems. That's right. Uh, Jim Butcher, the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Dresden Files, says it's crafted with patience, passion, and most importantly, tremendous love. Uh, Jonathan Mayberry, New York Times bestselling author of V Wars and Kagan the Dam, says rich world building, plenty of action, and devious. Twists abound, very highly recommended. The author, R.R. Verdi, is a Nebula Award finalist and author of the Grave Report series. The setting for the novel is based on his Southeast Asian heritage, which provides a vibrant background for the story not typically seen in the genre. And I gotta give it there, I think we're all sick of the, you know, Western European pseudo medievalist fantasy cliche. This, the first binding by R.R. Verdi, is now available wherever books are sold. Hi, it's me, producer Taylor from the hit podcast Rude Tales of Magic. Uh, and I want to talk to you about our sponsor today, Backblaze. Specifically Backblaze.com slash Rude Tales of Magic. If if your computer's not backed up, you are in for a world of hurt. And believe me, I've had external hard drives go bad. But with BackBlaze.com slash Rude Tales of Magic, we're talking about distributed cloud storage, unlimited amount of storage up in the cloud for $7 a month. Only $7 a month, unlimited storage. You are protected. You are safe. Our computers, our whole lives are on them. Pictures of your children, pictures of... Uh, your children's children, if you're a grandparent Pictures of other people's, people's children If you're a child model photographer uh, Or if, 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 if someone else's pictures of children got mixed in with yours At the picture place, remember those? I keep them on my computer and I gotta back those babies up And Backblaze makes backing up and accessing your stuff Astonishingly easy Unlimited storage for $7 a month all kinds of data any kind of data you get your ones you get your zeros yeah both kinds of data And listen to this if anything goes wrong they will send you a hard drive with all your stuff on it so you have a physical backup and then you send them the hard drive back and that's free baby doesn't even cost anything unbelievable also (laughs) <laughs> listen to this there is a free trial going on right now you go to backblaze.com slash of Magic there is a free trial you can try it out 15 days and get this you don't have to put in your credit card because a lot of other places they'll give you a trial of a thing but they want your credit card too because really what they're doing is hoping you forget uh, you know to cancel and then you end up signing up for it anyway no Backblaze is not doing that backblaze.com slash root of Magic you do not have to put your credit card in. The free 15-day trial at backplace.com slash rude tales of magic. If you are sitting in your home right now and your computer is not being backed up by someone you can depend on, you're dead to me. Uh-huh.
3: have lost shape they've lost form and they have uh, they're swirling together and they all go into one uh, like a candy cane pole of just these three uh, flamingo necks and they all congeal and they lose form and they turn into one long thick neck the neck there is still a long taut towel which is now connected to the sepia door it is in it is it is being held in junior's mouth junior is against the door the door is still closed and junior is
6: cordelia stunned panicked uh, this is not what she expected from this beast. She shoots out um, a spectral floating hand, not the chilling one, just the regular one, and it flies up to support Junior, who I assume is under 10 pounds, and Much. sits there so that Junior can uh, stay at the door and try to open it properly so that they can get the fuck out.
3: Uh, Junior uh, pulls those claws in, lands on the hand, and then stands up. You've never seen Junior do this. It's always, Junior's always had cat body language, just like, rubs its little paws together and uh, twiddles. <laughs> its its paws and goes and uh, starts lock picking on the door trying to open it. But at that exact moment uh, that it starts doing it, the entire world starts shaking and shaking and little bits of the night sky fall down and fall from the sky. And they land in the sand and little bits of the night sky land in the sand and they turn in these, these horrible sand sculptures of the night itself which are just swept away in the breeze and the wind. There's hurricane conditions now. Oh no, the palm trees are blowing. Uh, the Samuels are, they're still, they are just shooting drool at this, they are beginning to lose, it's like a a fire hydrant that's been opened, they're losing uh, water pressure, but these, uh, these, these flamingo necks, they have become just suggestions of flamingo necks, as this creature just begins to shake and shake and it melts down into the pool, revealing a floating tropical drink with an ominous face carved into it. The tropical drink turns around facing all of you, and it speaks to you. There's a little umbrella sticking out ominously, and there's ice in the drink. Now, the drink itself, you can see through into the drink, and there's red liquid inside of the drink. And one of the ice cubes isn't an ice cube at all. It's actually a beating, pulsating heart. The face of the cup itself speaks to all of you and says, FOOLS! You think this is even my final form? And it's going to open its mouth, and it's going to shoot uh, hurricane lightning directly forward, and it is going to hit... Mandy uh, hard in the shoulder and it is just going to rip her right arm uh, clear out of its socket and it just sends it flying uh, off into the distance. The You see off into the distance as her huge uh, swollen muscular arm hits the sand and skids and skids like a flattened stone being thrown by an especially skilled child. It's normal not to be able to skip a stone though, nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> and the, the, the arm just skids and skids and skids on the sand and every time it becomes more and more a scan, sand sculpture until finally it comes comes to rest on the beach as a single arm made out. It's reaching out towards all of you off in the distance. She's lost her arm. She shrieks, no, Mandy.
1: Holy shit. Albie's going to charge at the drink with her sword drawn.
3: As you do that, as you charge towards the drink, the drink spins around, opens its mouth and says, oh, Yeah. and it's going to spit this red liquid at you, Albie, and it's going to hit your butcher Sword, corroding it instantly. <gasps> uh, the butcher Sword just falls apart and melts and just turns into just harmless steel that just melts. All you have now is the hilt of the butcher Sword. Your butcher Sword is completely gone.
1: She's furious. She throws the Butcher's Sword hilt to the ground and she's running after the drink.
3: The drink is suspended above the pool now, so you are, but it's not extremely, it's about 10 feet off of the, off of the the surface of the water, so Albie, you're gonna charge at this drink?
1: Albie is furious, she throws the hilt of her butcher's sword down to the ground, she starts running even faster at this drink. She's going to leap into the air, thrust her fist forward, and shoot a gust, a strong
6: wall of wind trying to knock this thing out. Before Cordelia thinks, she's sprinting after albu too. When she saw that her butcher sword corroded, she knew Albie was going to sacrifice herself. So she runs. She runs, she jumps, and she also casts Fist of Unbroken Air. Oh shit!
3: So, Fist of Unbroken Air, two Fists of Unbroken Air uh, are shot at this thing, and it opens its mouth. Albie, it absorbs your Fist of Unbroken Air, and it turns into bubbles, and the drink begins bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And the umbrella that was inside of it, uh, it extends, and then it closes into a sharpened blade, and it flies up with the same momentum that you sent that Fist of Unbroken Air towards it at. And that is going to be, now it flies up into the air, it circles around, and it is now encircling this tropical drink. Uh, and there's just a blade encircling it. And Cordelia, you're going to take uh, some of the hit from that blade for 12 damage. Fuck! <laughs> Cord! She falls back in. Now, you you do fall back, but Cordelia, you did shoot Fist of Unbroken Air at this thing. And it absorbed Albie's air. And you, because you're taller, yours went a little bit higher up. And it knocked some of the ice from the top of it. And when it did, you hear this thing... scream. <laughs>
6: Uh, Cordelia hits the ground and sort of, like, rolls back, and she's stunned.
1: Albi hits the ground a little in front of her. She, she wheels around to look at Cordelia and rush over to her side to make sure she's okay.
3: This thing is going to now blink, closing its eyes and disappearing. It reappears directly behind Stir Fry on fire. He is still rolling around in the ground on fire. And uh, this thing says, How about a little vacation kerosene? And it's going to open its mouth and just barf kerosene down onto Stir Fry, uh, doing 14 damage. All eyes are on this thing. It cannot be missed as it just bars kerosene onto stir fry. Stir fry burns brightly like a, a, a pig with an apple in its mouth at a luau. and a out. And you just you've taken fourteen burning
5: damage.
0: Stir fry, drop, roll, roll.
5: Stir fry drops to the ground and rolls, 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 roll.
4: Bello sees what's happening with stir fry. He sees what's happening with his sister. He makes a choice. He runs to his sister.
3: Uh, Mandy looks at you and she's just in shock. She, my arm, my arm, and she's she's bleeding. And blood is just pouring down her side. And just thick, dark red, just spurts of blood are just moving down her side. She's losing hit points quickly.
4: Mandy, Mandy, just stay calm. Just breathe, Mandy. And Bello uh, touches the hole where her arm should be and casts Cure Wounds.
3: Don't tell me to breathe. <laughs> you are able to stump the wound. Uh, you, it, it scabs over messily, and uh, she stops bleeding. It is still—it's an en- enormous amount of pain, and you can see the the veins uh, connecting to her shoulder, which spread down her uh, her upper chest. She's breathing deeply. <laughs> you hear Val call out Mandy, and she uh, she she rushes over, and she she sort of holds uh, Mandy's head up. And she looks at the the tiki drink. She said, "Fuck you! Yeah, fuck you!" Vacation debris is swirling around you all now. The night sky is beginning to just completely dissolve. There's almost no night left. It's almost all just glowing blue green ooze in the sky. This world is extremely unstable. This is a this is a, a wretched hurricane swirling all around you. All right, Alby, it's your turn.
1: Alby's gonna. Grab Cordelia by her face, and she's gonna say, "What did you do to hurt it? I I saw it it reacted to something you did. Yes, I did what you did. I did what you did. Um, but what happened to it? It, Because when I when I hit it, it just got stronger. Oh, I don't know. I hit the top. I hit the top of it with the you hit the top thing." Okay, go to stir fry. Alby is going to turn from Cordelia to the floating drink. She's gonna charge it again and try to flip in the air and land on its rim.
3: Make an acrobatics roll. <gasps>
1: Natural
0: twenty. What?
3: <laughs> what? One of these umbrellas circles around and it takes a slash at you, it misses, and you are able to uh, propel yourself up off of the umbrella, which then, ex- it's been closed and it extends, giving you an extra little boost that lets you do uh, two forward front flips, uh, and you land on its salt-rimmed edge of this drink, uh, and there's there's ice all around you. Um, each of the uh, ice cubes sort of turns to look at you, and you see that they all have individual little faces, uh, and they all shriek at you and hiss. Die! Die! And you can see through them down into the liquid, and you can see this beating blue heart inside of all of this tropical red drink.
1: Albie's not even going to think she's going to just plunge her hand in and try to grab the heart.
3: Alby, make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Oh,
1: my lucky day. 17.
3: Alby, you plunge your hand into the drink, but that's no drink. That is acid. It does an enormous amount of damage to you, and it... it, it burns and it burns and as you look down into the drink, everything is tinted red mercifully because otherwise you would see the true terror of the gore that's happening to your hand right now. Your muscles and your tendons and your flesh and your fats and your skin and your veins, all of them, they dissolve into the drink and it's just your skeletal hand which reaches down through the ice and you're able to grab the, the an aorta of the heart. The heart looks up at you and shrieks and hisses.
1: I shriek in his back at and, and I Throw it to the ground.
0: to be Okay, great. How do you?
3: the heart out of the drink, and as you do, uh, you hear a horrible shattering sound. It's like you just drop fine china onto the, the kitchen floor. and all around you, the drink begins to shatter, and the ice begins to melt, and it begins to swirl around. You throw the heart down onto the ground, and it hits the, the no running part of the, the pool, where it's written like no running. It hits that, and it skids to the ground, and it coughs, and it coughs, and it coughs, and it gets smaller and smaller, and it shrinks up, and it shrivels up like a worm that's out stuck on a sidewalk after it's rained. It's just shriveling and shriveling and shriveling up. And Albie, you're thrown backwards and you're knocked unconscious. Remember, your right hand, you're right-handed, right? Yes. Your right hand is a skeleton's hand now. Um, But the acid did cauterize the wound. You are not bleeding, but from about your elbow down, it is all skeletal hand. Uh, You are thrown backwards and you are knocked unconscious. Ooh.
4: Albie! Bello is gonna rush to Albie's side. Yeah, you see, Albie. Alby has
3: been knocked unconscious. She's her breathing is shallow and quick, but she is breathing. And her uh, her hand. I mean, it smells. Unfortunately, it smells good. There's like a sweet smell to uh, the the burning flesh that was her hand. It's it, everything's topsy turvy in this fucked up world. Um, and as you rush over to Alby, you hear uh, behind you. You hear like a. <laughs> And uh, the drink begins shattering, and the pieces reform themselves, and they re knit themselves into a. Uh, it is keychain sized. It is a little dolphin uh, that would be go on a keychain. It is just like a little, you know, a, a, just a little, uh, little plastic dolphin, little blue smiling plastic dolphin. And in a, a higher pitched voice, it says,
0: "This isn't even my final form,
3: boys! And out of its blowhole, it's going to spray uh, concentrated boiling water. It's going to hit. Uh, going to hit Mona She says, Bello, no! As it dissolves her wire leg. It melts into a pool in front of her. Like when you open up a thermometer, even though your mom said, don't do that, you'll die. You lived. <laughs> and it, it melts in, into a pool in front of her. And she goes, oh my
4: God, oh, why do I feel it now? Bello is, is so angry at seeing all of his friends and family around him, crumpled, burning, broken, dismembered. And he's searching for power and energy. He hasn't used that much in a while, but he knows that it is within him and he wants them all. He wants everyone to feel better. He wants everyone to feel healthy, like, like what he thought vacationism was. So he's trying, he's finding that druid power, that, that strange fairy energy, and he wants to spread it out across the whole roof of this motel. Bella, you put your hands down under the cement of the pool and a
3: wave of healing energy spreads out hitting every single one of your friends family your comrades all of them are are, are healed slightly by this people stabilize you see as uh, stir fries flames begin to uh they go out and uh, it's almost like somebody's turned a sprinkler on Is it, he's he's still burning he's still in an immense amount of pain but the flames go out albie stabilizes uh the the scab that was a Mandy's arm it begins to heal over Uh, she looks at it
0: no no no." Uh,
3: uh, Mona breathes deeply Uh, uh, Mel who had fallen and he he had hit the ground uh, he he looks around and he he looks at you his head is at a strange angle but he he looks at you he gives you a thumbs up and the thumb is coming out at a 45 degree angle (laughs) from his hand hello nice job and this healing energy it doesn't just hit them it also hits this dolphin keychain shattering it (gasps) Ooh! hell yeah the little flecks of plastic and metal and blue dolphin stuff hang suspended in the air they don't move there's a still and holy feeling in the air as they reorient themselves in the space, moving together to form something altogether new. Something calm. And still, it's different this time. A large pink clamshell. The clamshell rotates in the air, catching the blue-green light like a disco ball on New Year's Day, before gently coming to rest on the now-calmed pool water in a blanket of sea foam. A false dawn of bright blue-green slime fills the air as the last bit of night is finally swallowed by the cube. The cube is shrinking all around you. The entire observable world is about the size of one city block and shrinking fast. Mandy's arm is gone forever. The pink shell opens, revealing a completely nude Danny Timeshare. (laughs) His nakedness hidden by flowing beach towels held aloft by cherubic parakeets. He calls out to Bello. Okay, Bello. Good job. You made your point. Only natural, you know, for a child to rebel against their parental figure, but I forgive you. I do. Just walk away now, and this can all be over. I'll let you live.
4: How's that? Fuck you. Danny's Fuck you, man. Wait, walk away? I don't have any legs. My my mom lost a leg. My sister lost an arm. Albie, uh, De Bonesby's a pile of bones? And you think, oh, and I can have my life? Fuck you, dude. No. Bello, I You're can- bullshit. I'm not You're- bullshit. I can fix
3: it for you. You want your legs back? Here. He waves his hand. The pink flamingo legs, they float in the air, and they reform into your lower body. He gives it to you. To you. He you. Here, put it on.
4: And what about my mom and my sister and Albie? Hello, I'm letting you live, buddy. You're That's... letting them all live, Daddy. No, I can't... They're gonna talk. They all... They're gonna... You're not gonna talk. I can... I can reason with you, but they're gonna talk. No one wants to relive this horrible shit you've put them through. Oh, sure, not now, but they're gonna forget. They're gonna forget that they made this promise. And he points to stir fry says, How are the Rat King duties? They're gonna forget. <laughs> Fine, there's no... You're a monster. There's no talking to you. Bellow, 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 Bellow! And at that, he steps forward, and he walks on the water
3: towards you, and with every step, he blinks red. He says, Bellow, I'm at one hit point. You got me. <laughs> Alright? The, 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 the strain of this place has got me at a fraction of my usual power. This is a hundredth of me, okay? But you got me!
4: Okay, you know, good, good job. So but if you strike me down now, Bello, that's it.
3: That's the end of vacationism. The whole idea will die with me. Think of all those people. Think of all those people that we helped. Everything we did. All those people who, they can't take no trips no more. They can't go to hotels. They can't go on vacation. They can't find a guy, a service worker at the hotel who they they'll think, you know, doesn't really show him proper respect. It's bullshit. But you know, they'll try to get them fired. You know, often the way it works. Those people, think of them. But more importantly, Bello, think of you. Everything we built together, you kill me and it all goes away. All those vacations, all those calories that didn't count, they're gonna count. All your powers, Bello. You were some puny piece of shit druid when I found you. Kill me now, and you'll go back to the weakling you were. But you can take my hand right now, and you and me,
4: we can rule over fun in the sun together forever but it's gotta be just you and me, okay? What do you say, kiddo? What are we doing arguing here? What happens when we get all swallowed up by this cube? We won't! That's the great part! You take my hand and we're out of here! But the clock is ticking. We don't have a lot of time to decide, Danny. Won't we all be destroyed? We won't be destroyed if you just take my fucking hand! I think you're just as worried about being trapped in here as we are. Fuck it! And Bello's gonna cast Entangle on Danny.
3: Okay, great. You cast entangle on Danny. Goes, no! What are you doing? What are you doing No, No! no. And he's blinking red, and all of the vines that have grown up from around the pool—these wet, soaking wet vines—grow
4: up out of the water, and they they pull him back towards the clan. He
3: goes,
0: no, Bello, no, no, idiot!
4: And Bello is standing weird. It's 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 still everything feels unnatural uh, in his body still, but he's gonna point at Danny with one hand, and with his other hand, he's gonna reach up. And rip off his Puka Shell necklace. (gasps) And he says, Danny Timeshare, I forsake you. I want a vacation from you. And he's gonna cast Hellish Rebuke. Yo, what is that?
3: Um, <laughs> what wh- is that that's from like Game of Thrones?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I point my finger and the creature that damaged me is momentarily surrounded by hellish floor. Bellow through his finger finds a point of focus. For all of that hellfire, all of that anger that had been burning inside him. And with those words, the anger finally has a point of re- release. And it pours out of Bello, much like the saliva poured out of his family when they thought of Vachi's Pizza. And with all of that energy, all of that built up inside him, it is like, a, it is like a, a huge fireball, a huge inferno, just flies at Danny, trapped, held by the entangling vines. It engulfs him. He's engulfed
3: in flames, and he cries out, he goes, No, no, no! And his, his, his face looks at you, Bello, and he makes eye contact with you for one last time. And he says, Bello, I really did
0: love you! You gotta know that!
3: burning and he's burning and Danny begins to swell like a toad in a microwave his eyes bulge from his head and they pop into bursts of confetti as he fucking he screams out no and he's gone his entire body explodes into a bloody mess of pulp and shit and vacation towels and whatever the fuck else and sunscreen and he hatches like one of the eggs that David Cronenberg eats to start his day. And he, <laughs> out of that egg is revealed a tall gray figure with a walking stick, a tall signpost where a normal man's head would be, stretches into the sky with dozens of signs pointing in different directions, each one culminating in an eyeball. It's Danny's previous form as a god of travel, who was rendered, of course, you know, irrelevant centuries earlier. This figure crumbles into the dust of history revealing an even earlier form of Danny's as the god of ticket scalpers he looks vaguely like Danny, but he's smaller and he's got a more animal look in his eyes he cries out, Thundalingus, Thundalingus Thundalingus, Thundalingus before melting into a pool of scalped tickets which melt even further into an even earlier form as the god of puddles the puddle reflects the night sky, not as it is now but as it was billions of years ago. DeBonesby, Cordelia, can you each make a perception roll with advantage? I got a 13.
6: I got a 19.
3: Okay, DeBonesby and Cordelia, something very interesting and very familiar catches your eye. You can see into the pool a large figure made out of the entirety of space and time. It's faceless, and to even conceive of the edges of it gives you a headache, but you can see that it's surrounded by primordial shapeless figures which encircle it like the rings of a gas giant. And one of these figures especially captures your attention. It's the same inky, violet-tinged, neon-black figure that Cordelia, you would recognize from the wastebasket in your mind, and DeBonesby, you would recognize as the shadowy intruder from your mind palace. But just like that, it's gone. It passes from your sight as the cosmic thing before time. It plants a small seed, and you can see this through the puddle. It plants a small seed into what you just immediately you can tell instinctively will one day be Cordelian soil. And you can see in time-lapses, centuries, thousands of years, millennia, eons pass, and from out of the soil, a small mammalian creature, which, as we all know, is the common ancestor of all gods, a little like mammalian rat creature, uh, it crawls up out of the soil and then it crawls out of the puddle itself. It is in the space with all of you. It looks at you and it hisses before scurrying away.
6: Cordelia heard the bones feet gasp as well and she looks at him,
3: shocked.
4: I don't know.
3: Everyone else, all you saw was a small little mammalian creature uh, scurry out of the the puddle and hiss at you and run into a corner. It's backed into a corner, and it's got its back arched, and it's just hissing at you.
6: Catch it! Catch that! What is that? Catch it! Does
1: somebody have a bag? I think Albie's still out, right?
4: Yeah. And actually, Bellow isn't paying attention. Bellow has turned his back to all this bullshit, and he's picking up Albie stir-fry, with feathers burnt from flame, with skin boiling from
5: acid, with eyes itchy from pink eye, hears Cordelia's cry. He looks up to see the rat, and with the little strength he has, he dashes, as all rogues do. He dashes towards the rat and jumps to grab it, and then thinks again, reaches inside himself, remembering what that fucking god told him before, and remembers his power over the rats, and he stops it. The rat freezes. (gasps) Fry, don't touch it! He turns his hand back around and beckons it closer. It walks cautiously towards you.
6: There's something wrong with
5: that rat. fry, that's a nasty rat. fry grabs his beak from his face, lifts it above his head. He sends it down upon the rat's head. crashes
3: into the rat's head, collapsing its skull, and its skull explodes into one final, indignant explosion of suntan lotion.
6: Cordelia runs to stir fry and catches him. Are you okay? You're okay. You're okay. And
3: at that, Cordelia, you hear a door swing open, and from up above, you hear Junior call out, oh, Cordelia. Yeah. Yeah. We got to go. Finally got the damn thing. Oh, whoa. And uh, a little bit, another little bit of slime just falls down uh, and narrowly misses Junior. And Junior calls out to all of them.
4: Come on, come on. Bello has Albie slung over his shoulder and he's pulling himself up the rope with, with what is impressive core strength. Absolutely, and it's not half as impressive
3: as Mandy's core strength. As she, with grim determination, with just one arm, she just pulls herself up the rope, and pulls herself up the rope, and pulls herself up the rope. Up the rope looking at Bello, and uh, she said "Uh, hurry up! I'm coming! I'm coming!" Cordelia has
6: stir fry scooped in her arms, and she's looking back to where she saw De Bonesby before. De Bonesby, are you good?
3: Uh, De Bonesby. <laughs> hobbles out from behind the deck chair that he was hiding under. The green ooze that was seeping out of his bones is kind of congealed into like a semi-translucent, like patchy skin work over his bones. And he says, hey,
4: como si, como And then he says, uh, as he starts to go toward the, uh, towards the rope, he says, um, after bello mommy, after bello daddy?
3: uh mel looks at you it's enough and he he walks for he's holding uh mona he's just got a handful of that like molten metal that her leg had just melted into it's burning his hand and he just holds as much of it as he can in his hand he's got mona under his other arm and uh he's gonna look at the towel look at his two arms uh which are occupied uh and he's gonna with his mouth he's just gonna grab the uh the, he's gonna start pulling himself up by his neck and he uses his tail and his uh His neck strength and his core strength and his tail strength to just pull himself up the rope. Uh, Val scurries up the rope to uh, looking back at Cordelia's. Coming?
6: Hi. Yeah, I'm coming. And does the Bonesby need a lift or are you good? Yes, (laughs) Uppy. Cordelia scoops the Bonesby into Uppy. She has stir fry too. And as you do, a pile of slime
3: falls down, narrowly missing uh, De Bonesby and, and burning away at this now calmed uh, pool front area. Okay. Uh, the world is shaking and collapsing around you. It is uh, smaller and smaller and smaller. They're just the edges of reality are being burnt up into slime and all that is left is that door and a single beach towel rope that, uh, that you are now connected to.
6: She- she's in her strongman suit. Ripping herself up that rope towel- up that towel rope
3: as fast as she can. And you, pull and you pull, and you pull, and you pull, and you're worried you're not going to be able to make it. It's just closing it around you. It's just the door. It's just the door. It's just you. The door is open. You don't know what you're doing. You can't. You're you so big. You're so tall. You're able to push the Bonesby, uh, all of uh, his bones and everything. You're just able to just push him in a mess through the door, and you, for a, a horrible half-second, it seems like your foot is caught on the other side of the door, and you realize you might lose that foot, that left foot that's never, left you. It's never steered you wrong.
6: <laughs> in that half-second, she... Reaches into her bag, she throws coins out to anybody left behind. The buddies, which will stay, and she rips her left foot up and tumbles through the door.
3: And the door slams behind you.
2: Quite the rude tale, indeed. That was Carly Monardo as Albie, Ali Fisher as Cordelia, Joe Lapore as Bello, Tim Platt as Stir Fry, Christopher Hastings as Frederick de Bimsby, and Branson Reese as everyone and everything else. Rude Tales of Magic is edited by Casey Tony and produced and designed by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse. None of which would be possible without the zeal and financial support of our patrons, especially our dark and beneficent masters, Sidney and Benjamin Paul, and of course Tyler Button. If you enjoyed the music in Brian Doyle Falls, check out The Escalators at escalators.bandcamp.com that's escalators with a K and see you next time weary traveler when you most desire even more rude tales of magic